we appreciate all the stuff you guys are doing. So, um, I mean, it's just where you're at and where you guys are going, like the women's team is crushing and it's so cool to see. And like, then this past weekend happened. I think we were talking before that happened. Then I saw it happen. Like, God, this is like, yeah, the hits keep coming. Yeah. It's been so fun. That team is absolutely incredible. So how many women are there total? Because you guys just added somebody else. Is it like seven? Yeah. I want to say. No, I think we're at like 12 or 13. Is it that big now? Okay, wow. Yeah. Like trying to keep up with all the things. And then there's like the European guy side coming on. And it's just like. I know. It's so neat. I know. And we keep being like capped. And then there's an opportunity for someone totally incredible. And Angela's like, I know we're full, but we're going to figure this out. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Well, I really have to like tip a hat to those guys because that is the hardest part sometimes of like, there's really good riders and you're like, how do we make this happen? Like, we'll make it happen. Just like get the person on board. We can do this. And I'm like, they have, they're putting together like a uh, sponsorship packet for people. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, like they laid out all, all of our pictures together and it's like a serious squad. I'm like, this is so cool. It looks That's really so neat. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. No, we're psyched. So before we get into, so the whole point, I've been doing a bunch of these different podcasts and bringing on people that can that other watchers can get something out of. Um, so when I first started seeing your name pop up and all the Zwift stuff, I was like, oh, who is this person? I was like, oh, wow, she's an orthopedic surgeon. Having sold stuff like that and been in that realm for a long time, I it's, you know, I kind of look at you as sometimes I meet people who are like a C-level executive and they're like, I really love riding. I, I'm just too busy. I, I can't compete. And I'm like, you know, you can. And like, no, nah, I'm like, I have, a, I have a really demanding job. And there are people like you who have an extremely demanding job and you make it happen somehow. And so number one, there was that side. Like I think a lot of women, men, anyone that thinks that they're too busy, like check that at the door. This woman right here is crushing it. But number two, I think Zwift is a new thing that Mm -hmm. you've obviously figured some ways out working with the women on your team. And then people look back and read other blogs like, I watched the interview when you won the Masters Cyclocross Nationals, and (laughs) you're like, oh, yeah, I started in September. And they're like, so, wait, you just started? You're like, yeah. The sentence was really hard, but, like, it was awesome. I was like, this this person's great. So, Oh, gosh, yeah. There is a lot going on. So I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, one of the funny things about the article was you had made the comment that you like cross because it was like you go hammer. It's, you know, 30 to 60 minutes just smash it road cycling. There's a little bit more of like the strategy and mind games you would call it whatnot. How do you see that? Like with Zwift, Zwift is its own kind of like beast. Like how do you see any lines between cross and Zwift or do you have a preference between the two now? Or are you getting ready in Washington to try and do some cross stuff? If there was no COVID, like where are you at with all this? Yeah, for sure. Are we living right now? Are we like, Uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whenever. Okay. Sorry um total, I think that's such a good question one of the things that I absolutely loved about cross was just the all after of it, exactly like you said and I just remember a little bit becomes obsolete because you are pushing a pretty high power meter and then you're getting off and running and so I always be mad because I'd be like I'm running but my power meter reads zero now my like overall negative like average is going to come down um but I just remember being well it's just to stay at 191 the whole rate keep your heart rate up there and I like to do that like you get out and you just pretty much go and my I mean I think a few years ago motto was pretty much try to cover every move like race race like you can win it um even in with the guys which I never ever have 
really been able to win that many of the guys races because their sprints are up to you know 1700 um but i think that just being able to re- go all out for an hour or 90 minutes in both cross or zwift have been pretty similar so so you've been doing some of the men's races in zwift almost exclusively to missed oh wow okay. a little yeah, a little bit of it is because of the timing. So there's wonderful women's series, but right now the women's series is Monday and I operate Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays. And there's like, it's really hard for me to get off Mondays at noon. Yeah. Um, so I pretty much exclusively have been doing men's races um, on the weekends and then um, maybe one day a week. So what do you think is, is there more like the gaming aspect of Zwift? Has that been easy to pick up on? Or do you feel like with the way that you can compete in some of these races it is just watts smashing is there because you know for people that haven't done zwift or maybe getting motivated to try it this winter they can read you know if you google like how to do well in zwift there's a lot of like gaming aspects or holden i don't know how to pronounce his last name Komu. he talks about you know like world tour pros coming on and he doesn't think he's stronger than them but they just don't know how to play the game yet like is there is that hard yeah. to catch on to or were you like you got it and just rolled with it no, I'm not going to lie. And they, you know, so many people who early on, I was like, I don't, like I would text it to be like, what about thing? What's the latest spike? Is Do I use this? Do I use that? So I think there's a lot of subtleties that just a little studying. So you can show up and have fun regardless of how much you put into it. But I do think to um, figuring out the game. So figuring out your ups, figuring out your bite. Um, and then my like, secret sauce is that I study (laughs) and the night before races I prep and I prep the course and I just I know at what kilometers the hills are going to be I might try to find a YouTube of someone else racing it in the past I try to figure people are going to go um you know it I am often dropped on hills and so I just like I figure out what is the distance climb I just can tell myself, you know, it's going to be 130, you know, 130 seconds for it is. And just, I can count down. So I know. Um, so I do think that you can have fun, fun no matter what it's with, but um, a little bit subtlety in the corners definitely take a little time. So with the, so that's very interesting because there was another guy talking about how much he studied and prepared for races and that if you don't, it's hard to be one of the best. So hearing from the best woman racing, what is the difference? Like, you know, I've only, I've lifted a few times and I get shelled and maybe, (laughs) maybe part of it is not being prepared. I remember one of the guys afterwards, they're like, you're not using the power ups at the right time. And I'm like, wait, what? And so why can't you just look at the screen though? Like the screen's telling you there's a hill coming. Most people are going to I go still hard. haven't, I know. I still haven't been able to figure out the screen. I mean, it seems to jump around. Like it might show that you're like pointing at all of a sudden at your top. Like it's not the horse. It's not like you have your like some topo map and you're, you know, and you're at this and then. And interestingly, um, the U.S. trials were on RGT this past weekend. And that was a little bit better, easier where you were at in the course um as far as where the hills were um so i just zwift doesn't necessarily for better or worse doesn't get the information on that screen and so um i often have um i have so many screens running but you know i have a map that shows the course with kind of the elevation and then i have where i'm at on that and then the screen it's become a little bit of this tech tech out thing i steal my kids ipads and like get them all set up that's amazing so it's yeah. really, where are the hills, like where do you think the yeah. hard sections are going to be, and then base it off of like try to watch other people racing this course beforehand. 
Yeah. And then I, exactly. And you just plan, you know, you plan your sprint. So um, you, you can say I can go for 800 meters. And so like this is going to go, or, you know, this is how much sprint I have in me today. And this is the corner it is because some of the courses too, you know, the, you'd come around a corner and the finish is right there. And that's the most right. annoying thing ever. Cause you're like, I was saving a sprint and now it's done. Like, yeah. come on guys. So um, yeah, just, yeah. So can you, I was watching the men's race yesterday and, you know, right off the bat, this guy goes and the announcer was like, Oh, that's too early. Like he clearly has watched a lot of Zwift racing. Like he instantly knew the guy was just not, wasn't going to make it there. Is that though course dependent? Like you're saying, sometimes there's a corner and there's a finish there, but if there's an incline, is it, do you, is it as real life as like you're trying to understand the timing in that last 800 meters or is every 800 meters the same? Oh, it's totally different. And who's in your team on your, like in your race. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, so Zwift and RGT, RGT is the other platform that's kind of becoming more popular that the U S trials were on. So um, yeah, I mean, is it rolling? Is it corners? Is it uh, a straight up hill? And so there are some women who have a really high five minute power. And so if they go pretty early, like you've got to watch them because they might be able to hold a pretty high watts per kilo for that whole time and just stay away. Um, and then if you, you know, again, I really get into guys, but if you really care, you can get into, you can go on Zwift power and you can figure out how many, how much, how heavy are they? What is their sprint and their one minute and their five minute power and like just keeping an eye on them. And I'm not going to lie, like for the U S trials this last week, I kind of tried to check out as best I could the other women in the race. And I knew who was heavy and who was light and who could sprint and who could climb and just a little bit like, it ended up being that I just covered every move regardless, but it was nice to kind of know like, well, if I'd stayed in the top three, I probably could have out those women, maybe. Mm-hmm. I end up getting dropped. I'm, it doesn't but um, it's just, I like knowing all that. Stuff. That's, yeah, that's amazing. So how, so how much time do you think you would put into a big race? So if you had like an A race that like, you know, people talk about like their priority race, you have the Olympic trials, how much prep time would you say is like expected to do this? Oh, I mean, it's all, it's all fun. And so I feel a little silly calling it like work and prep, but I mean, maybe it's, I mean, I I, I wouldn't feel silly about it. If I could do that for every (laughs) road race, I'm like, I would like to get better at sometimes you show up and you're like, I don't even know who's here. Um, Yeah it's smart to do it. I mean, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe an hour or two. Um, and the nice thing about it is that, I mean, I was joking about this, but I could go and pre-ride my U S trials courses last weekend, as much as I wanted in my basement. And it's so nice that I don't have to like drive somewhere or fly somewhere to like get prepped on that course. So that's what Patrick was doing. He did like a pre-race when he was in Mm -hmm. at his wife's parents house he's like i gotta like I know. I gotta practices i gotta know when this hill is and da, da 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 um how do you find the do you have so your schedule's got to be pretty crazy like what's how do you adapt training to life um just are you racing with as much as possible during the week or just on the weekends or you know you've got your or days but like i'm sure you're, you have two kids i believe um you're yeah married. What's the yeah. best way to find time to just get on the bike? And then how do you know what you're going to do on the bike? Yeah, great question. Oh, man, so much there. Um, cut me off if I talk too much. So no, this is, um, I don't, I really don't plan like too many questions because I just like to have <laughs> it, it really 
just good to have a conversation with tons of different types of cyclists. And, you know, someone's going to watch this and be like, oh my God, I should try Zwift. Or like, this woman's doing it. I'm going to freaking try it. And then totally. Yeah. It's, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as everybody knows, the only time you really have yourself is first thing in the morning and uh, get up before the kids so that you don't have to deal with that. 30 minutes of like separating yourself from the kids and maybe screaming because that just feels terrible. So easiest thing is just to get up early and to get downstairs. Um, and so I ride pretty early in the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, which are my OR days. And in order to make that work, it takes again, a lot of prep. So the night before I make my breakfast and my lunch, and it's all packed with my like ice in my water bottle. Uh, I get my coffee in the microwave in the basement next to my trainer with my bottles made. And I kind of have this goal of within 10 minutes, my alarm going off being on the bike. So like just having my bagel there, having everything ready so you can just get on and get starting with at least spinning your warm up. Um, and what's then I'm lucky to have up then. Cause I know the OR starts early. Oh, I know. I mean, it's sometimes four 30, but often later. So okay. it's not, is not bad. I can, I can do yeah. 30. There's like a group ride here that starts at five 30. And I really had to get up at like yeah. four. And I was like, this is pretty early, but yeah. Okay, and you feel like absolutely amazing until about that afternoon or maybe the next afternoon. And then you're like, okay, that was, that was early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm lucky. I mean, I have so much support. So I've actually taken Wednesday pretty much off clinicals. And so I have this amazing assistant brands for me. I have a medical assistant like running all the patient phone calls today, which is Wednesday. Um, and then sometimes I do some Zoom patient appointments, from, but I have a nanny. And so I take a lot of Wednesday to like do some admin work on work and then have a good workout or a race. Um, so that's been amazing. And then how do you decide what to do is the question, because as everyone knows on Zwift, you have a race every five minutes and it's like, you're kind of like, wait, what? Like I can just keep racing and then I can do another race and it's another one tomorrow. And I didn't do very well. So I should definitely do another one right away because I'll do better at the next one, which makes no sense. And that's, I mean, that's where Evoke's bike comes that's into a, it. That's, because... that's a previous clip right there. I love it. Because it was like, today was horrible. I totally failed. I'm going to try tomorrow. And I'm like, no, don't do that. You're exhausted. Love it. I know, I know. I'll definitely sprint better tomorrow. Um, and so I, I mean, I started working with um, Patrick Wally about a month ago, maybe five weeks ago. I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, I think it was less than five weeks ago. Uh, and I, I reached out to him because I was like, dude, I'm like racing three to five times a week and I'm so tired and I like have no legs left anymore. And so he was the one who was like, okay, so we're going to stop racing quite as much. We're going to start doing some workouts so that when and if you get to these big races, you can actually like build on. So there's something called uh, rankings in Zwift Power, very silly, but it's kind of the rankings of where you are in the U.S. and versus world and where you are in men versus women and your age group and your weight class and everything's brown. And I somehow started climbing up on this, probably because I was doing races and able to be a handful of guys who are ranked pretty high. And so I actually got stuck at second. I mean, it's called second in the world, but not really. I'm not second in the world is like how good I am. But there was a woman ahead of me and I just like could not jump my ranking points. And it actually took a number, like I sat second, took a number of months, took Wally to like get me to chill out and then to build back up. And then I was able to pop into first. So, I mean, it's all about that, like pushing, recovering, and then performing. So That's awesome. That, and yeah. that's huge. People hate the recovery so many people, especially when they first start working with me, I'm like huge on rest as I think most people should be. That's when you get stronger and they're like, but I want to ride. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. cool. If you just want to ride, yeah. you can go exercise and ride. If you want to build and get better at racing or you want to do really well at your grand fondo or whatever people are getting ready for, like this is part of the cycle. 
So it's good to hear you say that. And that's really one of the things that was beneficial to you in kind of uh, catapulting ahead. So what is the game plan for trying to stay there? Or what's your – so there's a lot going on for you now. You made the Team USA thing, which have they announced when all that's going down? It's funny. They haven't – I mean, I emailed them. and They're like, yeah, there's been – you've been validated. You're on the team. But they haven't announced the full team. Um, but it does sound like December 8th and 9th lessons um, are going to be actual worlds. Okay. And it's going to be back on Zwift. Um, and then ironically, at the same time, we're starting, there's a number of stage races coming up that are going to be on RGT um, through Project Echelon. So there's going to be three-day stage races, which are going to be super fun to do with the women and just check it out. And I think, um, again, RGT, just like Zwift, is a different game and it's going to take prep and time for all of us to figure it out. But I mean, where do you pedal on those corners? Where do you accelerate? And um, how does everything kind of feel in the game? So. Which, do you have a preference of platform? Uh, I was so psyched Monday morning when I got to open up and not have to go back to RGT because it feels like home and I'm very much a creature to, you know, I'm a creature of comfort. I live a mile and a half from where I grew up where my parents are still living. So I love Zwift because it feels home and I understand it and I know what I know those courses, but, um, I thought the challenge, it was, it was fun playing on RGD. It's different. It's good to have different challenges. That's what so. Wally said. He was like, yeah. he had made a comment. He thinks it's a little bit more like real racing, which I think yeah. is going to change some of the gamification of it all. So, you know, that's so funny that you are, you know, wow. When I can see you being a creature of habit, a lot of surgeons that I met were that way, but you went from running, you're in cross, and then you're like, I'm going to do Zwift. Are you going to get into grapple? <laughs> Yeah, I did a little gravel. I was actually prepping for uh, Belgian waffle ride and like love, love, love gravel. I feel like that again takes, it takes a little bit away of the mind game. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak poorly about road racing because I've never been high up in the road racing world. I just, I mean, I raced a little in college. Um, but what I do love about the idea of gravel is it really does seem like the strongest person wins. And it's not that the strong, you know, the person who wins is the one who sits on the smartest wheels and then puts out the least power and then out sprints which is fine. I don't want to talk poorly about road racing, but yes, no, it's... love gravel, love the idea of it, love technical descending, kind of love the self-reliance and the gear and the tube lists and just kind of figuring out your nutrition. Um, and yeah, I mean, I got into cross after my, yeah. Can I tell you the story really quick? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Okay. So um, there's a place in Washington state called Mazama and it's where like so many important things in my life have happened. We've gone there every winter to cross country ski with my family since I was little there's these huts where there's running, no running water, no electricity. And my dad literally like pulled me up in a saucer. Like he's so badass, like up this really long cross country skied up, 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 up. So when I was little and we would just keep going back there. And I remember right there, he dragged me along with all of our stuff. Like he's, he's such a beast. I have all these pictures behind me. of just like my dad doing amazing things. The badass just runs in the family apparently. uh, Yeah. He's, he's so strong. He pulled me on a tandem everywhere growing up. But I remember where I was when I was going to go to med school. I remember talking through, like talking to him through breakups. Like so much has happened there. So I was doing a trail run there about a year and a half ago, and I was still trying to be a kind of not elite runner, but I was trying to be as be- good of a runner as I could. I had a coach, and I just kept getting injured. And I just remember right where I was, where I was like, "Screw this! Like I am done with like this broken-hearted like every two months." running well, getting injured, taking another two months off and like cross training and just hating it. Um, and so I like started biking May a couple of years ago. So a year and a half ago and just got really serious about it. And I had always biked and bike commuted. Um, and then ironically, I was back there and decided to do another gravel race um, about four months later. 
um, and just crushed this gravel race. And I was like sixth overall and up with some really strong guys, really proud of my performance that day. Um, and then we had one of those classic drive homes the day after that. So we got in the car, my kids were one and three at the time and driving six hours with a one and three year old is just so rough. And I got home and I busted out. I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I need exactly one hour. So again, like quick change, like close, go to the local park and just start like hammering loops just around the gravel. I didn't know, came home, plugged it into Strava and I got all these QOMs. And I was like, there's QOMs on like these little parks around here. And it turns out that there has been cyclocross races there. And so I was five days away from like the next weekend where there was a cyclocross race. And I was like, well, if I got QOMs that people were getting during a cyclocross race, like I'm going to go race this. And so, you know, we got my gravel bike a little bit like shortened up and raised up and we went out to the first cross cyclocross race and that was last September and it just kind of took off from there. So it was really fun. That is so Strava for the win. That is yeah, amazing. it was. Strava is an amazing thing and just it's such a cool I actually had a buddy that I'd reconnected with through high school who's like my favorite social media platform is Strava and and I'm like I love I do I open Strava up a ton I actually when I was I was living in Belgium for a short amount of time and I had a problem with the rear wheel and so I'm like okay how do I find like a cyclist that's just gonna have a ton of stuff and so I started going on KOM list and being like Hey, super <laughs> random. I'm here at this school. I have no wheel. Can you email me if you can help me? And this guy emails yeah. me and is like, Hey, I looked you up on Facebook. You seem pretty normal. What's going on? And so I took a bus to his house, got a wheel. I still have a picture with him and we're still connected on Strava. And it's just like, I love seeing his rides from this little town that I was oh. in. Like g- social media, like that is incredible. Yeah. Oh, people are amazing. That's so cool. So cool. So you had mentioned descending, which in the cross race in Washington that you won, you didn't like, but I imagine the gravel racing (laughs) out there has to have some gnarly descents. Have you gotten much better at it then? Yeah, I've done. Oh, I don't think I've gotten better at it, but um, (laughs) yeah, I do like it. I, there's some teammates that are, I have this one amazing woman teammate, Jamie Van Beek, who's on my team here. And she, I need to like go spend more time with her. She descends like twice as fast as I do. No, I've always preferred to go up uh, and just muscle it out. But I mean, I just remember my forearms getting sore, your hands hurt. And like, the funny thing is the nutrition and gravel races, like, when do you eat? Like, do you eat when your heart rate's 190 going uphill? Or do you eat when you're like being blown off the bike going downhill? Like there's no good time to free fuel. And these like gravel races are never an hour, right? I mean, of course not. They're going to be nine hour races. (laughs) So I feel like one of the challenges is trying to figure out like, yeah, all of that. Um, no, I have a lot of skills that I could still work on definitely for all the descending and gravel. So we'll see. What do you think? What have you figured out? When do you eat? Because that is a, a challenging thing. And it's actually funny enough. There was a before, I mean, I'm sure people were racing gravel, but there was a course that we used to do back home that was the Bloomfield Classic. I think that's which one it was. It was a road race that was up, down, like some turns. There was, you were never like just chilling. And that race, people would get shattered because they would forget to eat and drink. There was just never a time. You, you were just one of those roller courses over and <laughs> yeah. over. And it was like you yeah. had to think. If you ate by hour three and a half, there were people that were just gone because they were bonking. And yeah. what do you think has been your strategy for nutrition? Because that is like That's so many people don't have a grip on that. And that is what loses their race. I know. Easy access and liquid, I feel like. Cause I, I love the taste of shot blocks. Like if you're going to give me a shot block versus a gel, like I'd way rather eat a gummy bear than eat like liquid frosting. Um, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> like Just like take your shots, have thicker water. Um, and then a lot of these people seem to be racing with camelbacks, which 
I freaking hate having, like, I don't like wearing a shirt and sword when I'm bike racing. That's going to become a thing. Apparently, like wearing a shirt when you're live streaming. I don't like wearing backpacks. You know, I just like want to feel like I don't have stuff on me, but I think it does make sense to have that nipple. Oh, around you your started neck. doing the camelback or are you trying to just do bottles? I haven't much, but I think it'd be a good idea. I've definitely like lost bottles on distance. I don't know. Uh, no, I, that was my lesson learned. We did gravel worlds and yeah. we rolled up and we we're like, Oh, oh, damn, the hitters have camelbacks. And we're like, whoa, what up? <laughs> and five miles in, it was like, pew! And I was like, I'm going to regret not stopping for that later. Yeah, cool. for sure. Where was that? That was in Iowa. It's um, so cool. It's in, uh, I want to say Winterset, and that's not it. No, sorry. Oh, my God. These guys are going to kill me. It's Nebraska. Okay. Right? That's okay. Link, it's Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Super cool race. It's called the like Bohemian Alps because it's just a slow, low, like long rollers mm -hmm. and like up and down. And it's 150 miles. It's a really fun course. They change it every year, but it's like the same area. Um, the guys that run it are fantastic. Uh, I really have nothing but good things to say about that race. I'm, I'm also sentimental towards it in that it was the first gravel race I ever did where it was happening and we were like supposed to get these bikes from our team and they eventually came to us like three days before. So I'm like, Patrick, we're going like you drive your ass out here. We're going to go to this race in Nebraska. And, uh, you know, we, we rode these bikes for the first time and we got out there and we did okay. We were like 25th and maybe. 30th. Dang. Dang. But That's amazing. It was, it was, <clears throat> it was like all the huge hitters and, and we just learned so much. I mean, it's one of those things that like, we didn't, I, I don't even know if, I, th I think that was Patrick's longest ride. And we rode to it and back because we were staying 10 miles a day. <laughs> of and course. It start, well, it started at yeah. 6 a.m. So we're like, there's going to be, it's going to be chaos over there to find parking. Let's yeah. just cruise yeah. over. Sure. And we thought it was sure. a good idea. In retrospect, I think it was still, it was a good warm up. And then we sure. got there and we raced and um, yeah, but if you are looking, it's probably kind of far from you, but what's the big yeah, route? out there there's Oregon have, Trail. Is Oregon really yeah cool? there's Oregon Trail there's a lot and honestly I mean I was just getting into this this spring and then COVID came so I don't feel like I've really seen the whole local gravel world um, but there's definitely a wonderful Washington State series this guy Jake puts on who's amazing and then there's some Oregon races as well um, and it's gonna maybe a year or two before I get back there but I was so excited about Belgian Waffle Wide because of that freaking movie have you seen that movie it's like a movie that's, oh man, I don't remember the name of it, but Sarah Sturm wins it that year and it's like so amazing and it's uh -huh. just, I don't know, they dramatize it and it's a silly video and just is everything that you love about gravel of like goofy people like completely throttling themselves. Not that's too serious, awesome. but like so hard. So. Yeah, so hard. And that's the thing, yeah. I, I think I love that while it's a lot of like climbing over the day, Gravel Worlds, I think I have a chance that I could do really well at because there's no crazy descents. In Oregon, nice. I would Good never enough. win because like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, some of these dudes were yeah. lying. And I was like, oh, so I'm, oh, I'm getting dropped in the descents this week. Okay, got it. See you guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and I mean, it's, I went mountain biking with a friend from high school. And I remember I'm going, I'm like, ur, 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 and I hear from like way down. He's like, let's break. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I don't have that. I don't know. Maybe I, I know. would try BMX when I was little or something. I, 
Yeah. I have such mixed feelings about that man because I mean, I'm with you and I mean, I'm a surgeon. We don't have any disability really. Like if I break my clavicle and I can't operate for six weeks, you still pay your whole overhead, you know? Like mm -hmm. when I had my maternity leave, I went back at two weeks and at four weeks because we still like, I was still losing money, you know? So I don't know, like I want to push myself on those distance, but I probably will never be a great racer because I just don't want to. I don't know. No, I don't I want to take that know. risk. You know, people yeah, get concussions. My, my buddy who's an orthodontist did the same thing. And I had a guy that I was, uh, we had done a couple cases together and I went in to meet with him and he was like, so I want to let you know I'm leaving. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Uh, glad I just got your business, but where are you going? What's up? And he's like, yeah. when you don't have cases, how much money do you make? And I was like, $0. He's like, when I don't have cases, I lose money. He's like, I got to pay the guy that runs this place. We got to pay for the building, da, da, da. Yeah. So he just couldn't get his thing running. And I, it really made me think, I mean, most people don't realize, and that's one thing that I really think is amazing about what you guys are doing is not only dealing with patients, you're running a business. And yeah. people don't see that. You've got your staff. You've got the hospital. And get, I, the hospital is like a job in itself managing. I don't know what your hospital is like, but I've seen yeah. certain people like ready to pull their hair out sometimes. So yeah. that's, so nu nutrition is such an important thing when you're, you had mentioned you're getting up when you're, let's go back to Zwift for a second. You're inside yeah. 445 in the morning. You've got a bagel there. Are you going to eat that before you ride? Or are you just <laughs> popping on and ripping it? And when you're like, the bagel is the chill down food. Or how do you, like, do you focus on these races are usually what? 45 to 60 minutes ish. Yeah. So like yeah. Do you, have to, you don't really have to carb load too much. Like do you have natural tendencies in your diet to eat more carbs or are you just kind of like eating what you can that's healthy when you can in between cases and managing a family and whatever? Like how do you, is it just free for all? Oh man. It's like, how honest do you be? So I'll be fully honest. <laughs> this is so good because what's, what would optimal be? And then like, seriously though, like there are, you know, even though we know not to grab the bag of chips, like I would walk out of a case and just like, I, you guys have to be so, I wasn't even doing the damn surgery, but like people are asking you questions and something goes wrong and you walk out and you're like, yeah. whoa, man, that yeah. was brutal. And I'm like, yeah. I'll eat all those cupcakes that are on that table <laughs> and the know. cookies. And two minutes I'm going to cry about it, but right now this is what I need. Like, I I, so it's good that you don't, you don't be honest. Like sometimes yeah. like the oh, OR well, is horrible. There's yeah. so many. Bad. All those things. Yeah, for sure. All those things. So I've, um, I've actually made that a work of mine in the last like nine months is just to figure out like, how do you not eat all those bags of mini like Snickers and peanut butter cups that are everywhere in the hospital? Um, and so I've actually worked with a couple different nutritionists um, to kind of try to figure that that out. Not is exactly that, that, but everything that, like talking to yourself <laughs> about it. I mean, that's like we can't have stuff in the house because me and my husband were both super sweet too. So like he bought yeah. a cheesecake and I was like, dude, take yeah. it to the office, get that out of I here. Know. Like, I know. Right. I know for sure. And it, I mean, yeah, at some point that like it can be accessed, but then I have little kids in the house. So of course we're going to have like cookies and like stuff for them. And so, um, yeah, so kind of figuring that out, but then also exactly what you asked about. And I'm, just met with a nutritionist this morning again, who's on our team, Michelle, um, and just asking her, you know, it's 5 a.m. I have like a totally like 150 TSS workout. Like, how do I optimize that? And, you know, it obviously starts the day before and figuring out your hydration and everything. So, um, yes, I try to eat a lot of carbs. Yes, I try, I've tried to really clean up my diet since um, starting Zwift. One of the stingers in Zwift is that 
I mean, you think it's bad to have to like put on spandex and go outside and have people look at you. What if like everybody knows your exact weight at every point and at any point people can be like, hey, we actually need a weigh-in video for that too. <laughs> so, I mean, it's watts per kilo. And so um, just, I mean, like it's fine when you're doing cross to kind of eat a little bit more and do whatever. But I mean, when you're getting dropped on the climb and these women are weighing like 48 kilos and you weigh in at, you know, 64, 65, you're like, we got to eat a little better. So it's been really nice to work with people and kind of figure out what's the right amount of food and everything. So, so is it just portion control or what are some of the tips that they give you? And like, what, yeah. You know, I you, yeah. With like, the candy, says, like, what do you say? Do you just tell yourself? Like I always, a guy told me one time, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. So like when the holidays come around, I like give myself a little pop talk. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I have a hard time. If I like open the floodgate and I try to like just dabble, it doesn't really work for me. So a lot of times I'm like, okay, gonna go to this party you know there's gonna be all this horrible food you really want to run well tomorrow like when I get tired I think most people you kind of just like whatever so mine is like what do you do to not eat all the candy yeah okay so my answer to that and this is again getting into it this is stuff I've worked on are these so these are the earbuds and my husband got them for me a few years a few months ago and that's been my like new favorite decompression thing and so i have a playlist it's my like music that makes me feel happy and psyched up and honestly some of it might be the sandback to moana because when i put it on i think of my daughter and like doing crazy shit on the weekend or it might be hamilton which my son loves to belt and like run around and scream and so i just listen to music that makes me happy and i feel like that's insane and silly but it's this kind of like oh. decompression like you walk out of the OR where like you said it's kind of this like okay wow we just did a whole hip and we have three more to go today then that's going to be fine and how am I going to decompress before the next one and the answer I mean you feel really good in that moment for eating a few Snickers but then you're going to feel bad at the end of the day so right. um I've I've put in my earbuds and somehow that like goes into my brain and gets me to calm calm things and basically, so you're like refocusing just on something else, get your mind yeah. off of it. And yeah. you kind of actually jumped into a question I was curious about, like when you feel unfocused or, and it's kind of two different feelings, like overwhelmed, whether it's work or just like, I've got this race coming up and now they've just added this surgery and I really want to go, you know, me and my husband, we had planned to go to dinner. Like just, there's a lot going on in life sometimes. Yeah. Do you have any like coping strategies that you can share? Um, or just ways to be like, sometimes you just probably got to be like, hey, it's just a Zwift race. Maybe yeah. I won't the best. Or like, how does that? Oh, I'm so far oh. from the expert on all this. But um, during COVID, Headspace became free for healthcare practitioners. Okay. Have you heard of Headspace? I have. It's awesome. So it's an app on your phone and they have just five minute meditations. And my brother has done it for years. My brother's this magical, calm beast who just um, seems to be able to really stay present with his family and his work. Um so he's done it for years and I just tried to commit to doing five minutes a day. And I don't necessarily always get my five minutes in, but going to sleep, I kind of pull on, pull on what they have taught me. And then, you know, we get woken up by kids or you get paged in the middle of the night or something happens, you know, our truck just got stolen. Like all this stuff kind of wakes you up in the middle of the night and just figuring out how to calm yourself down before going back to sleep or going back to the next surgery. So mm-hmm. those, those breaths and everything. That's really good. Do you do any breathing? Even if you just yeah, that, I mean, like, just just with that. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, I have that Whoop app. Do you have these Whoop apps? I don't have that. I don't know. It's one of these things, and in the morning, it asks you like, "Hey, did you meditate? Did you breathe?" And I was like, "Wait, what's the difference? What's the difference between breathing and meditating?" Do you want to hear a crazy? Do you ever listen to podcasts? Some. I mean, yours, yeah. Okay, sweet. So there's Joe, <laughs> there's a Joe Rogan one with a guy, James. I love Nestor. Joe Rogan. That okay. guy is a beast. Oh He's my amazing. gosh. So have you heard okay. the one with James Nestor? Google this and I can send okay. you the, the link. Yeah. James Nestor wrote the book Breath. 
And it's all based off of like some different experiences that he has, but it's crazy how we have changed biologically because we've become mouth breathers. And like, there's a lot with when we evolved, how our nostrils used to be up more and they've come down more and how people, and I thought this was BS. And I texted my friend to like, see if he knew he's like, Oh yeah, the kids mouths are becoming, uh, their palate is bending, I believe it is. Don't quote me on this. It's crowding their mouths, and that's why they're having all these issues with teeth. Like, there's a lot of things that kids have now that never existed before. Like, uh, I don't want to say they're like deformed, but they're growing in wrong. And yeah. so there are these like spacers that people can put in. And so this guy, anyways, I won't steal the whole podcast. You should listen to it. It is absolutely riveting. I started taping my mouth because you want to be using your nose and I sleep so much deeper. And if you get up to pee in the middle of the night, some of it is your, I don't know the hormones exactly. You're when you're mouth breathing, you're triggering something in your brain that doesn't think you're sleeping. So it's like, Oh, you should go to the bathroom now. Oh, I'm so not peeing in the middle of the night. I'm like no blown away. So I posted okay. this on Instagram and other people have done yeah. it. And they're like, this is life changing. And I'm like, it is nuts. My dad. So they say, there's like a culture where when they see their little kids breathing through their mouth, they just close their lips as a baby. So they know they just only nasally breathe. My dad had to use a CPAP and like taught himself to nose breathe and got rid of it and stop snoring. People will stop snoring. The, the podcast is literally like, if you can nose breathe, your life will change forever for like all these ailments. And it's true. Like you can, you can go down like a Google okay. black hole, but yeah, James Nestor on Joe Rogan. It's, so okay. breath, I've been trying to do, I use AeroFit. It's like a device to train and get stronger, train your respiratory system. And some of the stuff that this guy, James talks about, like when I was first doing this, my body was, I was get, generating so much heat that I like couldn't do it with clothes on or I would be dripping wet. And he talks about these like Temo breathing sessions where when you first start getting into it, your body's not used to like breath work and it kind of freaks out and it's your... Um, I'm blanking the nervous system that you can't control. And yeah. once you get it under control and once it's like used to doing it, you like stop, have stop sweating. And he started cool. talking about that. It made me feel like I actually texted Wally when we both got these, this was back last November. I'm like, dude, are you like sweating when you do this? He's like profusely I, like what's happening. And <laughs> Wally. <laughs> very normal thing until you do it. But um, okay. So nutrition's dialed for that for gravel what are you working on it yeah working on that always (laughs) progress over perfection right uh yeah you said that but what do you think is through cycling from you had mentioned collegiate up till now what do you think is your one or if you have a couple like favorite failures where you think you kind of really grew from Mm -hmm. that and it doesn't actually have to be cycling maybe something happened outside that like i mean i I'm sure there's other things in my life I think about that are like I failed and it like I took that energy towards cycling and it became a more of a positive thing. Um, oh man, that's such a good question. Um, I definitely, I mean, this is so vague, but I definitely have crashed a ton in both cross as well as in a Grand Fondo. I did the Winthrop Grand Fondo um, up in Canada. Um, you that, didn't you? I was second woman, but I was the first one who didn't have like a team working with them. Like there was two categories where like some of them, it was like a team. And then another one where you just had a mass start. 
it was kind of funny how they end up scoring it. So yeah, I was the first one that didn't have like a group of men like protecting them. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, I've, I've had, num and then I've crashed in college races and, you know, um, definitely had various things that have kind of tried to pop back up on the bike. And I think even like when I'm teaching my kids to bike, I have a two-year-old who can ride a pedal bike without any training wheels, which I'm very proud of. Okay. Um, but just teaching them like when they crash, when they, you know, like you just, you like, get them right back on. It's not like, okay, wow, you're like bleeding from your knee. We're going inside and washing it off. It's like, no, no, no. Okay. We're getting back on, you know? And I feel like just figuring out how to have that get back on the bike mentality has been really important. Um, That's a really yeah. good one though. I think because you're, you know, I know you for 40 minutes of a podcast and like looking <laughs> up a little bit, but confidence and, and believing in yourself is a huge thing that, a lot of athletes, and I think just as humans, you know, we question ourselves. And even though I think I'm a big fan of social media, I think there's a lot of positives that it brings out. I think things like Strava, I've had people be like, oh, I can't go to that race. I've seen that person's watts. I'm like, that's not the whole race. Like, you should believe in yourself. Like, you've done all this training and da da da. But since we kind of, like you're saying with Zwift, like, everyone knows everyone's weight, everyone knows what everyone's been doing. Like, you get these like glimpses into just highlights of people's lives and just the really good things they've done. And it really like shakes some people. Um, I try to remember a big race that I went to where I just got my cat one. There were like uh, some pro teams there. It was a huge race in upstate New York, uh, tour bad and kill. And there was a guy from my club on the side and he's like, Hey B, everybody puts their shorts on the same way. Like you've done the work, go get them. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like, and it just gave <laughs> that boost. That, yeah. So I think having that, like, get back on and you know we're yeah. gonna we're all gonna go to a race and get dropped and we're all gonna have like a crap day of horrible intervals a horrible week and like there are people that get back on like you're saying and there are other people that hang their head and they like beat themselves up and I think that's yeah. one of it's been interesting seeing that from the coaching the athlete side of like some people more need just that boost like hey man it's okay like we've all been there um yeah. So I think that's a great lesson for not only the kids, but for us all to remember, like, just keep going. Yeah. It seems like that's what you're doing. Like, hey, I did well across. I'm gonna go try this Zwift thing. Like, yeah, gravel. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. One of the best things about like this Evoke team is that we have Discord. And I'm sure you've heard about this. So like, yeah. someone can like log in and they can kind of get in virtually into someone's race, and then they can talk to them, you know, and so it can be someone who's in 20 miles away in Lake Sammamish or it going to be, you know, Alex is in like Slovenia or something and, you know, doing these discords from around. And one of the things that, and it's just so fun. So sometimes I am the recipient. Sometimes I help do it. And sometimes I just like to go on, even in the middle of the day, like on Mondays when they're racing, I try to get on and just like, listen, like, what are people saying? What are people thinking? What's encouraging? And it's exactly what you just said about like, everyone puts their shorts on. It's like, everyone's suffering because that person watching again, transparency, they can click around and like these competitors, like you see like, okay, their heart rate's been at 185 for five minutes too. Like everybody's hurting. It's not like it's easier for that avatar who doesn't look like they're panting. It doesn't look like they're dying. Like the avatar just looks calm behind it. There is somebody like spitting and puking under the floor and just gagging themselves to keep going so yeah. I don't know I like that it's awesome and it's actually funny that you say that because I so I logged in to watch the race the invitational one and they were yeah. like, the guys were hitting the climb and they're like let's check in on so-and-so and they actually checked in on one of the women from the race before so she's in like cool down mode like pedaling and texting 
And I'm like, is playing they're like, we couldn't even tell who it was because it was inside and the camera was like, like, that person's insane. And they're like, sorry, that is like so and so she's on us cool down. And I was just like, that's just box looks like to you. It was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah. Um that's awesome. Well, this has been incredible and super what do you so before I let you go, I I don't want to keep yeah. you too long. With no, the no, USA no. thing coming up, and do you know who exactly is on the team now? Because there's three of you that got selected, correct? Yeah, totally. Um, Krista is this amazing woman. She's a pro rider from Raleigh, um, Raleigh Cycling, and I don't know too much about her. Um, I feel like she's 25 to 30. And then this is so rad. Like, again, I it's so funny because I kind of try to get off social media because I feel like when I'm on social media, I'm like a little bit psyched about seeing people's baby pictures and doggy pictures and then a fair amount of like comparing myself of like, what do they look like? What are they doing? And then a little bit of like, how much are they liking? Like, am I getting liked? Do people like me? And I feel like that's so pathologic. And I just have kind of, so I've been trying to step away. However, I like get back on every one to two days because I start these conversations with people that I'm like, no way. Are you kidding me? So the woman who won this U.S. trials is a fourth year med student, a total beast. Her name's Jacqueline Goodby. I'm not sure if you pronounced that correctly. She's going into radiology. Um, and we've started emailing about like life and training and having, she has a fiance and just like, how you do med school and how you do internship and how we're going to train and like just her background. And you would never, it's just like Strava, like you would never get connected with that guy in Belgium without that social media. And like, I just got to figure out that middle line. So those are the three of us. So there's Jacqueline and then Krista and me. And then there's three kind of wild card spots, which are um, hopefully not going to be political is what my hope is. I hope that people earn them in whatever way that they want. And it's not just like USA Cycling's favorite person of the day. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who those other three women will be. And it'll be wonderful to have them as part of our team. So that'll be, so if you've got a few months, will you ladies try to do some races together? Or is your schedule packed with like the other commitments to your current teams? Or what do you think a good strategy would be to like get prepped for this? You guys bring home a world championship. Yeah, can you imagine? That'd be so That'd great. Be so cool. um, it's yeah, it'd be so rad. I mean, there's some amazing women out of the UK, so I think that yeah, getting together and figuring it out and working together would be so rad. Because I think, I mean, you're gonna we're gonna be stronger together than if like people are going after individual championships. So I'll work for whoever, like whatever people want to do. I think that'd be rad. Is there a coach? Do you guys have somebody that? We've had no official emails, so we'll see. And then I wonder when do all the other countries have their national championships that you guys can start, like, doing the homework on the other people? You know, <laughs> totally. Like, gone yeah. down yet? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I think there's 12 other countries um, for the women, um, like Japan, Germany, UK, those types of countries. Um, unfortunately, like – Vietnam doesn't have one, so our teammate V won't be able to go. And then Canada, you have to already be registered in the doping pool. And so Monalee Keller, who's extraordinarily strong, she's ranked fourth or fifth in um, Swift right now as well. Um, so she doesn't get a Viana, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Unfortunately, but as Team USA, we're, no, we want everybody to compete. <laughs> she, she came over and she was my like in life DS. She like helped me during my trials and then I brought saw me that. Cookies. And I was like, so did, did you guys li live super close to each other? So we live um, probably 20 minutes apart. Uh, we are now indoor and outdoor teammates as of the last few months. Um, and I'd never met her. We've texted a zillion times a day as girlfriends do. Um, and so she like walked in. It was like 20 minutes of the race. I was like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm going to keep warming up. And so she like hung out with my husband and was like the most amazing person ever. And then gave me cookies afterwards and gave me a hug and then left to take care of her family. <laughs> She's a total badass. I mean, she has three kids, seven and under three girls and works full time as a Microsoft exec engineer. She's awesome. So. That's amazing. And so is she in like Vancouver or something? 
Uh, she grew up in Nova Scotia, lives in Redmond, which is not far away. Oh, so she's not in Canada now. She's okay. No, just so I did a Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco drive many moons ago, and it was uh, super amazing. It was, West Coast. Yeah, it was my first time, uh, second time out there. Maybe first time driving like that, and just uh, Seattle and Vancouver were like just primo really great time so well this has been awesome and i'm super excited for you guys for the team usa thing for everything that you guys have going on not only yourself but the whole women's team is ranked number one right now when last question for you what so when does the season end for you guys is there like going to be a swift championship (laughs) or per (laughs) usual swift is it going to be like like hey by the way tomorrow morning you guys are racing that's what drives Wally crazy. He's like, what's the in season? Like, when are you going to lift? Like, what? I like, there is no end. I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's going to be national championships this year. I mean, everything does seem to happen seven days to two days. Summer, I thought, or like beginning of January is when they used to do it, right? I, yeah, I think so. I think so. That's what but I don't think anything's going to be in real life necessarily. I mean, that's a good thing to remember. That's going to come up at some point. But like, it's maddening, but the best thing ever. But like, there's, there is no off season from what I've seen and I mean maybe I shouldn't be saying this but I think that these like these stage races are super fun and super great but honestly my favorite thing about Zwift is going out and like racing the guys on Saturday and Sunday mornings there's like a series that goes year round and they're so hard the Sunday morning is 100k the Saturday morning is 50k it's generally similar guys and it's different courses and like like to me that's like the soul of Zwift for me like and I will I will do that as you know many years as I can. I'm sure I'm going to sprinkle in these stage races, sprinkle in the other stuff, but like, that's what I love. Like they're just such favorite people. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Laura, thank yeah. you so much for doing yeah. this. this definitely thank you so much. Help so many people and hopefully we cross paths in real life or if I get on Zwift at some point, I'm sure we'll see each other. Yeah. Too. Awesome. Sounds great. Take Have care. Have a great rest of the week. You too. Thank you so see much. See you later. Bye. Bye.